Our opinions aren't too tough, rough, or gruff. We are proof that you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. So just... Shut up and sit down. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. Get pumped, Muff. Get pumped. I know you're coming off the golf course, watching all that golf stuff with Guru Hugh, but I'm excited for the show. Uh, good things to come. We have our breakdown of the NFC East with Wilk, which is entertaining to say the least. Is, um, is, he, is he a guru of Cowboys? You know, he's one of the universal gurus. He can, yeah. he can, he's a chameleon. Okay. He wears Wranglers though. He's a guru of Cowboys. Oh, there we go. I don't think I've ever seen him in Wranglers ever, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was out of the golf course. Uh, just so everyone knows, with uh, baseball guru Hugh, we uh, we walked a lot. We walked almost 20 miles in the past two days. So That's insane. That's has anything to do with my current uh, status of life. It's not You're that, tired, huh? Not, not something I do in a couple of days typically is walk 20 miles does. yeah oh. so we'll get it we'll get into that later though it's an exciting i got to get to chat with some some people it was on tv were you i was looking for you zadie was looking for you too i was on tv a couple of times got a couple Man. snapshots so. well speaking of golf tv let me tell you something muff yeah. so i was looking for you trying to find you on the television mm-hmm. and you were in it was on both NBCs, NBCSN and NBC, and I had to flip back and forth. And I also happened to realize that uh, the Indy 200, the road course, was on the other uh, NBC channel. Right. I was like, okay, I'll catch the tail end of this, and when it comes back on, I'll catch Muff when he comes over here. Last four laps to go of the race, and it's a road course, and it's a new first annual road course at Indy. One of the turns had a newly built uh, man-made berm, we'll call it, and they kept running it over throughout the course. Okay. On lap with four to go, I don't know what lap number this is, they hit it and the berm blew apart, causing the whole field to wreck. Red flag. So they come in and they take the berm out. That's that's the solution. That's the solution. Now the track has changed. Right. They've raced all day and now the track has changed. And once they took the berm out, it left open this little ramp that made cars go airborne when they hit it. <laughs> this is looking like a true road race at this point, except for with cars that aren't equipped. that aren't supposed to go airborne. Right. Okay, so four laps is all it took, Muff. I'm like, I'm gonna get these four laps in. I'm gonna watch for Muff on the golf course. And I'll eat dinner, and then it's showtime. They took so long between trying to get the track fixed, the cautions after they got it fixed from the airborne BS, that they had to go to the other NBC and gave precedent to your golf match because it was a shit show. So NASCAR botched it, Muff. Hey, if there's anything we learned from this, stop watching NASCAR. Yeah, you know what? You would have convinced me today. I was that an- that angry. <laughs> like, how do you not work those kinks out? But I'm glad that I got to try to find you. 
I'm glad you made it on TV. I was upset. A couple times, a couple times you and I got on TV. So it's exciting things. Uh, the Field of Dreams. We had baseball game played in mm-hmm. a cornfield. Yep. So that was pretty cool. If anybody hasn't got a chance to watch any of that, they baseball did a good job. Not promoting it. Did a good job with the event. Thank you. We'll get to that. I agree. Yep. We've got uh, some things going on in the world right now. Um, people of Haiti are, are reeling right now from an T's earthquake. And T's and P's to Haiti. They experienced a 7.2 magnitude earthquake, leaving 700 dead. Tennis star Naomi Osaka is pledging to donate her entire prize money from the Western Southern Open Open to relief efforts, which is awesome. Naomi Osaka is a fantastic human being. So... T's and P's to Haiti. Well done, Naomi Osaka. Fantastic. Fantastic. Good. Good. Any other adjectives you want to use? Superlatives? No, I just, I, she's great. All right. In fact, she should be the show's uh, girl. We, we don't have one of those yet. So she's now this show's girl. Sue Bird isn't? Nah. If we're going to have our inaugural one, it's Naomi Osaka. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, speaking of great ones, Muhammad Ali's grandson, Nico Ali Walsh. Did I, Nico, is that how you'd say it, Muff? That's how I'd say it. Yeah. Made his boxing debut on Saturday and won by TKO in the first round. Nice. So that's pretty cool. Good for them. Yeah. And as we continue to get ready for the football season, the NFL football season specifically, what's going on this week is going to get a little bit into the fantasy world. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this one, Muff. I think we're going to have a good time. And not about our fantasy league, let's be honest, because nobody wants to have to listen to that. No. With all that, let's get into the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the NFC East preview. This is where you cue the music, Muff. And there's, no, there's no music. Let's just go. Get it going. <laughs> Nobody cares about this division anyway. <laughs> well, we Even have a special people... guest. <laughs> and that person is a Cowboys fan. Do you care, Mr. Aaron Wilkinson? I don't. I don't. He's right. Like, even the people in the division don't care about this division. People were trying to give this division away last year. Yes, absolutely. Well, like we always start, we have the uh, results of last year. Washington uh, won the division and made the playoffs at seven and nine. <laughs> Say that again. Washington that again. <laughs> won the division and made the playoffs at seven and nine. The Giants were second at six and ten. The Cowboys were also six and ten, and then Philly was four and eleven. So that's how we'll start. Uh, first up, Dan Snyder's wife's team, Ms. Snyder's team. The Mrs. Snyder's. Is stacked on defense uh, with defensive line stars Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Uh, rookie are, they, linebacker. Are, they, are they stacked just because of Chase Young? I didn't say because of, I said with. I knew you were going to do that, and I phrased it intentionally. You jerk. What college did uh, Chase Young go to? The Ohio State University. Oh, and a state university in Ohio. Got it. Yes. I just like to make sure we understand that. Rookie linebacker Jamin Davis out of Kentucky is also expected to make a huge impact for the defense. They have a lot of veterans in the key spots on defense. 
this is the bright spot for Washington. As it was last year as well. And yeah. I, ex- I, I do expect that to continue. And Chase Young will probably be a defensive player of the year candidate. Offensive- Go ahead. Nope. You go. Offensively, uh, their wide receivers, McLaurin and Samuel from the Ohio State University. And wait, wait, is it a question mark on offense? <laughs> I, the question mark's coming. Let me finish. Okay. And Dami Brown, the rookie, are the stars, but are they really stars? Well, I mean, I'm just kind of trying to figure it out. Like, look, I'm a former wide receiver. I've heard the jokes you make about wide receivers, and I completely get it. We are the most important people in the field, but <laughs> that was a joke. Anyways, yeah. um, we're just going to let it hang there. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> I, ironically, though, for them, like, who's throwing them the ball? Well, that's where because we're going to end up at the at the next point. <laughs> who is Taylor Heineke? What is this whoa, guy's whoa, name? Whoa, whoa, whoa. So get to the Heineke car care ball later here. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> so the offensive line also has question marks. They don't have – they're doing running back by committee. They don't have a lot on offense. And then yeah. we get to what you're saying, Aaron. Well, Darius juice, juice is out, is suspended for like what, like six games? Yeah. That, yeah. There's a lot of issues there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at quarterback, you have Fitzmagic and then Heineke and Kyle Allen. Well, Heineke's listed as their starter. Right yeah. Now. I was going to say Heineke's the guy. That. I can't, like, look, I mean, I'm not saying Fitzmagic is the answer to everything, but if you start the season with Heineke, Fitzmagic part, whatever number we're on exactly it's happening exactly. this guy's coming off the bed so people are going to be clamoring for him to be the starter yes because look if i'm wrong i'm wrong that's fine i'll be wrong but i have no confidence in. i th- <laughs> yeah i think the taylor this, heineke i think this quarterback battle is about like urban meyer saying that there's a legitimate quarterback battle between Gardner Minshew and trevor Whoa. lawrence Minshew hasn't taken a poop in two weeks because there is no such thing as number two in his life. That's what I'm saying. I refuse. Listen, the NFC is not going to get the NFC is not going to get talked about a lot. I refuse to give any more time to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the <laughs> okay. worst team in the NFL last year. Okay. So they we'll were worse on. than the Cowboys and they were bad. So, <laughs> okay. Moving on to the giants, which is the story of Joe judge, Daniel Jones and returning Saquon Barkley. That is all there is to the giants. Um, they have wide receiver Kenny Galladay from Detroit and tight end Kyle Rudolph, who they've signed both of those in the offseason. Uh, they have tons of hands now with those two signings because they have Galladay, Sterling, Shepard, Slayton, and rookie Cardarius Tony, who was also hurt as of today. So is he going to be there? I don't know. But they got plenty of weapons to catch the ball anyway. Um, so... Daniel Jones has the weapons now to catch the ball. He, he's, he's got a coach who's trying to catch them hands, too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> is he, he going to be up long enough to throw the ball to them, though? Because that, their offensive the line's question. really bad. That's the next question. Is their oh, offensive man. line going to stay up? You'd think with Saquon being back, there's a little hope. That will, that will buy him some time with defensives being worried about the pass game and the running game now, but we'll see. The Giants' defense was decent last year, added some pieces over time with James Bradbury at cornerback, Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence at defensive line. This has been a slow build 
So it, it could continue to be decent, if not good, this year. Uh, but this season for Gettleman is the sink or swim season. He's either going to make or break it by all the moves he's made. We'll see. We think this is the make or break season? I do. Yeah, I think he'll get fired if they don't produce. Yeah. I, I think that the Giants have a really tough time utilizing Shaquan Barkley the way he should be utilized because yeah. – He's one of those put-away running backs. Like, you get a lead and you put it away by giving him the ball and you just feed it to him. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, they're not usually in the lead. <laughs> so by the third and fourth quarter, he almost becomes a non-factor because if you're down 7, 10, 14 points, you're throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. And now you're the defensive line of the other team is just pitting their ears back and they're coming after you. And I don't see the Giants being able to withhold that kind of pressure. Even with Barkley coming back, I mean, that first quarter, if, if a team can hold the line, you know what I mean? Yep. They don't give up any big plays, and they can just kind of hang in there. By the third and fourth quarter, he's almost a non-factor. I, I agree. Yeah, and that was part of their problem last year is everybody was keying on Saquon Barkley while he was still on what before he got hurt. The first quarter, that's all they're doing is keying on him because they knew there was like a 70% chance it was either going to be a run or a pass to him. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> um, we would go to Dallas, but since Wilkes on the show, we're going to skip it. So we'll save it to the end and we'll go to Philly. New coach, Nick Serrani, uh, where there's already rumors out of Philly that the team does not like him and or trust him. Read that today. But in this article, they said, the players might not trust him, but he's got a great assistance, so maybe that'll help it. Um, they say why he wasn't being trusted? No, but several articles. I, I like was like, oh, okay, that's one, and Muff's going to call me on this. But several articles are saying that player sources are saying they don't like him or trust him currently. So, I mean, I, while, while I understand why that happens, I also, I, every time I hear a report like that, I always take it with like the tiniest bit of grain of salt because, you know, we all work someplace. And while we all might just absolutely love our jobs and everyone we work with, there's somebody there who will tell somebody like, oh, it's the worst place to work. Mm-hmm. There's some a-hole, blah, 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 blah. And you're probably that a-hole. So, you know, there's yeah. maybe this new coach is, making them work harder or making them do something different than the old coaches didn't do. And now there's this player who's like, can you believe this asshole? I cuss, yeah. sorry. Um, okay. That's but, your one. <laughs> that's my one. But can you believe this guy? He's making us run laps or do mojo moments. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to uh, that. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So at quarterback, Jalen Hurt, is he the guy? Hurts with an S. Yeah. Whatever. Is he the guy? He's from Bama. I don't care about him. Um, oh, Terry Mac- McLaurin. Do we get yeah. to talk about him? Uh, he has a solid o- O-line. He should have both of his tight ends healthy with Zach Ertz coming back. Um, he should be able to stay upright. He's got a couple receivers that are young with Devonta Smith and Jalen Rieger. I would think he, he has some weapons. He's got Mike Sanders at running back, who has Miles my, 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 Sanders from Penn State. Just to make sure that we're getting names right here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Listen, when you leave me in charge of this preview, Muff, this is what you get. Miles Sanders at running back, from who had the some Penn State. issues. 
Um, I heard you, Wilk. <laughs> I mean, it actually says it on their stadium, but they don't say don't talk about it like Ohio State does. They're not pretentious assholes. Anyway. <laughs> That's two for you. Enough. He's using the same word, though. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. <laughs> That's exactly what I was saying, but I was drinking. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> and uh, Philly's defense is questionable at best. Very weak at the linebacker and secondary position. I feel like Philly's that's the spot they got to fix defensively. They are weak. What say you muff? Well, I mean, defenses, they, it's really, can they stay healthy at the offensive side of the ball? Yeah. Um, I mean, Miles Sanders is out. Uh, Zach Ertz had some problems last year. Dallas Goddard also had some problems last year and being so young at wide receiver. I, I think their defense is going to be, serviceable i'm not going to say they're going to be good they'll probably be uh they won't be a bottom 10 defense in my mind they'll be one of those top 20 20 20 22 defenses so they'll be serviceable it's just going to be can that offense stay healthy um and can they produce because uh, mm. after jalen hurts who's there that's it that's absolutely right who they got left after that yeah they'll probably Didn't pick up get- somebody they traded away somebody. Never mind. Yeah, yeah Car- Carson Wentz was there. Yep. Um, and now he's hurt. So I guess they got rid of somebody who's going to be hurt. So next up, the reason why Hook is on the show, uh, Dallas, America, America's team, the Jerry Joneses. Yes. Can we keep those two things separate, please? So <laughs> the big stories here: Hard Knocks, Dax Health, and has Zeke peaked? Um, who's yeah. Zeke? Who's Zeke? Just so we're clear, Ezekiel Elliott. Use, use, use his given name, please. Ezekiel Elliott from the Ohio State. Okay, so, offensively, uh, they have wide receiver weapons with Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. Um, Dak is battling health issues. Zeke appears to be on. On the downside of you, <laughs> this is before I watched the Hard Knocks clips. Calm down. Zeke appears to be on the downside of his career. He did not have a great year last year. The downside of his career? How many years has he been in the league? Buff, wait Six. till you see Hard Knocks. Okay. But they have Tony Poland, who had Pollard, a great po- Pollard, Pollard. Pollard, whatever. Again, I was in charge of the notes. You want the names right? You do it. Jim, it's spelled out there. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. E-O-L-L-A-R-D. He had a good season last year when Zeke got hurt. Um, Defensively, they're switching back from the 3-4 to the Tampa 2. Do you know why? No, apparently that screwed them up. We got a new defensive coordinator. Okay. Uh, The defensive line is solid if they can stay healthy and out of trouble. Randy Gregory. Um. They also need Demarcus Lawrence to play like they pay him to. And then rookie linebacker Micah Parsons from Penn State. Thank you. Thank you. Um, needs to step up. These are all my notes before Aaron and I watched some clips from Hard Knocks. I'm going to say that what I watched, <laughs> woof. Okay, so. If you're not familiar with Hard Knocks, it's a show on HBO that they do every season before the season during preseason. It's really good. It's one of my favorite television shows, no matter what team's on it, except for the Steelers. I didn't watch it that season. 
Um, that first episode came out last week and it was interesting because as a Cowboys fan, like I've always kind of paid attention to the news, but seeing the behind the scenes stuff, there's just a lot of interesting things. Look, it's a reality TV show. So a lot of stuff is staged, but like Zeke Elliott, his whole bravado about his kind of like, you know, feed me more. He like last season started to fumble a lot, like a lot, a lot. And I think he lost some confidence. I really do. I really think like his mental game of football is going to be different this year. And watching this episode of Hard Knocks, like he's talking about how he's eating different, he's training different, he's wearing a sweatshirt underneath his pads, and all that's well and good. But the uh, the key moment that I kind of tuned in for was he bought Dak Prescott a birthday gift, and uh, he had to watch a YouTube video on how to wrap it. And me being the Ohio State homer, I was like, when he told, when Aaron told me this, I was like, come on, like maybe he just wanted to make it right. And then he showed me the clip. He couldn't wrap it at all. At all. Like he had no point of reference. And listen, I get it. Maybe you're not super familiar with wrapping presents. And you're like, probably after thinking like, oh, it was an awkward present. It was a box. It was like, a box. He's telling you right, it was <laughs> just box. a box. Inside the box was a really nice luggage for Dak. It was really nice. It was blue and silver. It's really nice. They show it later. But it was just one of those things you're watching it and like the way he's interacting with like, he's like, oh yeah, I've never wrapped a present before. He just seemed not there. Lights were on. Nobody was home. Like he might be talking to somebody working through some issues and they might have said, here, you need these. Like you need to kind of come back to the reality of where you're at and i think that might have affected his mental game now we've i've been listening to the episodes hold on mental health yeah Yeah. i need to stop i need to stop here for one second yeah do we think that somebody in his camp saying hey man try to wrap this present this is going to recenter you in life no is no that, no is no, that no, what we're trying no, to get no, at no, here no no we're saying no, no. That what i'm saying may is... have gone to a sports psychologist because okay. he was off off the chain right. and he was dropping the ball and he's kind of going wild like zeke was All right and i think that he may have been prescribed some things to calm him and center him okay and you could see while he was wrapping that picture that that was not the Zeke that played at Ohio State or the first two seasons at the Dallas Cowboys. He, okay. I mean, when you watch this clip, you just kind of go like, oh, well, that's interesting. He just, he's maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm just, maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it. But when you watch that clip, you just yeah. kind of go like, that doesn't seem like a real, like, with it dude right now. He just yeah. kind of doesn't seem himself. And he's just kind of like, I don't know. You, when you watch this, you get a vibe. And like I said, you guys have been talking about it for weeks. And if he, if something, he's going through something, I hope he deals with it. Yeah. Before the season starts. And, and because, rightfully so, because it's almost like that could get him hurt. Yeah, I know. So the other thing that I want to draw attention to in that episode was, so Dak's shoulder. It's revealed that Dak's shoulder's hurt. And boy, um, where to unpack this at? So the trainer t- walks up to Mike McCarthy. He's that coach. And he's like, hey, um, I pulled Dak out of practice. His shoulder's bothering. And Mike McCarthy's like, okay, so like, what, what's going on? He's like, ah, 
it's not so much in his bicep or tricep. It, it's more just in the shoulder. And he's like, okay. All right. So then, like, practice kind of is happening. And, like, later, Mike McCarthy walks up to trainer. It's like, hey, uh, why is Dak still out here? Like, can't we get him inside to start kind of seeing what's going on and getting this thing worked on? He's like, oh, well, he just wanted to be out of here. So, so McCarthy walks up to Dak and he's like, hey, uh, I appreciate you wanting to be out here and, you know, being a leader. Can we get you inside to get some treatment on your shoulder so we can find out what's going on with it and get you back? And you're just kind of like, oh, and Dak's like, yeah. And he like walks away. And then like the next. But there, but wait, he, wait. He, yeah. he doesn't even acknowledge the coach. Like there was like, yes, coach. Or okay, coach, I'll go. It was like, and he turns around. He just turns around. <laughs> it was like. So he like walks up to Zeke and he's like, hey, man, I got to go inside and get like worked out on my shoulder. And he's like, okay. And uh, they go to the coaches meeting and they're talking about who's on the, on the, on like the hurt list now and the announcer like the trainer goes uh well we put Dak on he's on a no throw uh it shouldn't be anything we think it's just muscular blah 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 any questions and then jerry Jones gets on the phone <laughs> now god i hope they never listen <laughs> so i'm sorry guys like i know you love your podcast but if they ever hear this i'm being ostracized from the fanship <laughs> But Jerry Jones has lost it. He's he's like an old man. He's like Al Davis was. Yeah. Somebody needs to step in and be like, Jerry, go you're, to the golf course. Go. You're go not anywhere. just a figurehead. You're not even. We'll see you on Sundays, yep. Mondays, Thursday on Thanksgiving. But he's on the phone eating a sandwich, and he's talking to the head trainer, and he's like, uh, well, I know, I know Dak can't throw it far, because of his shoulder, but can he like throw short passes? Can we get him throwing short passes? And trainer's like, no, he can't. He can't throw at all. We're not letting him throw any passes. You know, I talked to the the head athletic trainer at the Rangers. And I talked to the guy at the Yankees, and they said we're doing the right thing. Don't let him throw. And Jerry goes, well, that's good. I'm glad you talked to those guys. And I'm like. Well, if you think those guys are so good, hire them. You've got more money than God. Just get them to be your trainer. If you don't trust your trainer, get another trainer. And he's like, the trainer goes, oh, well, we're going to have him like run so he can work his ankle. And Jerry's like, well, okay, that's good. Well, you know, I'll talk to you later. I know you got more things to do. And you're just like, oh, my God, they they let this air. Because, you know, they don't. if there's something they don't want to be shown, they're not going to let it be shown. Yeah, that was one. They shouldn't have. And, and you just kind of sit there going like, I can't believe this is America's team. Like, what happened? This looks more like it reminds me of WVU football. Um, last not, thing, that not, on not the show. America's team. <laughs> not America's team. The last thing, Mojo moment. Oh God! So they show Mike McCarthy, and he's like, "Awesome powers, the spy who shagged me," and it comes up on. Projector. <laughs> I I was trying so hard not to laugh when I tell this story, but I'm not gonna be able to make it. And he goes, it shows Dr. Evil going, I'm not gonna do the voice. He says, You know why Austin Powers always beats me? Because he has mojo. His mojo. His mojo. Anyways, and he goes on to explain, like, 
what mojo Mo- is. What, what mojo is. And they're going to do these mojo moments at practice. At any moment, alarms will go off, and they're going to do a mojo moment to capture momentum. And, like, you kind of go, like, oh, okay. You know what? I'll buy into it. Like, all right, coach. All right. And then <laughs> then whoever edited this scene did it such a great job because they had the Austin Powers music playing, and you just hear, like, people on the, on the field going, like, the alarms go off, and they're like, oh, it's time for a mojo moment. Oh, it's time. Let's get hyped for a mojo moment. You're like, you, you know, no, 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 no. And they're, like, it's like, what was it? offense is down eight points. You have a minute and three seconds left, no timeouts. And it's the offense versus defense. All right, cool. So then McCarthy walks up to Dak and goes, hey, Dak, man, we could really use you in these mojo moments, you know? And Dak looks at him and goes, yeah, coach, like, if I could be out there, I would be. Like, And the co- oh, I'm just, I'm just busting your balls, man. And it was just the most awkward exchange that I've yeah, ever seen. Absolutely. And you kind of go like, that's your head coach and starting quarterback. Oh, you guys might not win any game next year. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. Now, next episode comes out tomorrow. So, yeah, we'll see. That's the best commercial I've ever done for that show. <laughs> but they lost, they lost Friday. Like, I didn't even watch the game. I was at AEW. It was awesome. Um, but I didn't watch the game. I saw the clips and I went, oh, okay, we lost the Cardinals. Cool. Great. And I get it. It's preseason. No one cares about wins and losses. We didn't look good either. <laughs> like Micah Parsons. So your boy, Micah, who went to the Penn state, he had a, he had an interesting moment on there too. So he was talking trash to some fullback and he like called him out. And he's like, I'm going to cover you. And then he got smoked on the route. And then, like, he ends up intercepting the pass, the next player or play after that. And he's like, oh, yeah, we're 50-50. And they're about halfway through practice, and the camera catches him talking to another guy going, man, I'm hungry. Man, I'm really hungry. You know, at Penn State, they gave us food at practice. And you just kind of go like – Food at practice, Muff. You're listen, buddy. You gotta feed the beast, Jim. Feed the beast. No, he. What did he he say? What did he he say? Feed the lion. Feed the lion. Feed the lion. Exactly what he said. Almost like he lives there. Is that in your? Is that in your? Is that in your Penn State newsletter? (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys come on, Buff? Hey, hey. That's exactly what he said. It's listen. These are professionals. Eat at lunch. Eat on your break. I come on. Like he's worried about eating. Pay attention. I almost said something. Pay attention to what's happening. Like, pay attention to the play you're not in right now because you're a rookie and you don't know anything because the coach had to come over and tell you the play twice. And in the preseason game, he called him on the phone. He was like, hey, put Micah on the phone. And uh, Micah gets on. First of all, he didn't know where the phone was. Funny. And uh, maybe that's what you should be paying attention to. And uh, he gets on the phone and the coach is like, yeah, you didn't do this right. You didn't do this right. You did do this one thing right. Good job. And Mike is like, can I go back in? He's like, no, you're done. <laughs> Sit down. You're done. And then he complained about how long it was going to be until they got home. Nine hours. Well, we got like nine more hours so we can go home. Yeah. So what's my prediction? Pain. Lots of it. <laughs> what is this? Are you Mr. T and Rocky Rocky 2? Yeah. <laughs> 
So we'll do Rocky our. Uh, Is it three? Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll do our standings for this division. Uh, we'll start from the bottom. Muff and I both. Well, whoa, wait. I'm looking at yours. We have controversy already. Controversy. I have the Eagles at five and twelve. I just don't think they're going to get it together. I five and twelve. Muff. I've got the Giants bringing up the rear at six and ten. Um, I think they're going to have who knows. Show Judge is going to kill somebody probably by the end of the season, just the way he's going, and it may be Daniel Jones. So if Daniel Jones goes down, that team will just flounder. Um, but I think there's going to be a key injury somewhere. Maybe not Saquon again, but something's going to happen, and the Giants are going to just creep on into the finish line and finish last in this division. Ma or Will, do you uh, you want to get in? Yeah, I think the Giants are going to really pull up the reel, the rear on this. I think that you're going to probably see them near the bottom of the whole entire league at like four and thirteen. Okay. Next up for me, I have the Giants at eight and nine. I just, I, I have some hopes. We'll see. Got hopes. Uh, the Eagles didn't make it that far up the ladder for me. I have the Eagles at seven and ten. I, I just think struggling. So Giants, sorry, six and eleven. I did not add up to seventeen there. Uh, the Eagles at seven and ten. I just think. Jalen Hurts has one more year before he has a potential breakout year. Not saying he's going to be a great quarterback, but I think he's got one more year to learn some stuff before he can really help them compete. To you, Aaron. Listen, here's the problem. In my heart of hearts, I don't want this to be true. I don't want the Cowboys to be 6-11. However... I don't – when you look at their schedule, they've got a really tough schedule, which they talk about in the first episode of Hornhawks. And they also are scheduled to play 21 games because they have four preseason games compared to everybody else's three. I don't know how well this team is going to hold up over the long haul, and I think they're going to really struggle. So I can see them going 6-11, and 7-10 and 10, because the NFC East is going to beat each other up. And that's why a lot of the, like you were talking about, whatever defense is going to rank in the middle, because they're going to hold teams like the Giants to like six points. So I I think the Cowboys, if Dak's good, like good to go, Ezekiel's good to go, they give you a couple wins. But I I don't, seven and 10 is my final, my final thing. All right. Cowboys, seven to 10. So second in the division for me is the Cowboys at nine and eight. I have faith, not a lot of faith, but I have faith. Muff to you, sir. I have the Mrs. Snyders in second place in this division at nine and eight. For others, that's the Washington football team. To you, Wilk. The Mrs. Snyders at eight and nine at 17, right? One more than the Cowboys. I yes. said seven and ten. Yeah, eight, nine for the Mrs. Snyders. At least it's sounding like whoever makes the playoffs for this division may have a winning record this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my number one is the Mrs. Snyders, Washington at ten and seven. Muff. Yep. Give me the Cowboys winning the division. I think they find a way to put it all together, put together a strong season, and win the division at ten and seven. I think that Jim should be nice and let Muff watch the first episode 
<laughs> right. Or not. And then and let him then redo ask it. Ask him next week. Are you, do you, are you sure you want to go with that answer? I don't like, know if like, any team that's ever been on Hard Knocks looks like a winning team on Hard Knocks. Oh, buddy. Man, I'll be honest with you. I've watched some of those seasons, and you watch it, and you kind of go like, I think they could do something now. I'm not saying that it's always been like that. Because usually they kind of have bad teams on there. Like the previous season wasn't real good and they're in a rebuilding year. But like the Cowboys this season wasn't like, yeah, we're rebuilding everything. It's like, no, no, we're just moving ahead. And you go like, did you not see what, did you see your season last year? And it's just like, well, Dak was hurt. And that was the only problem. Your defense was Swiss cheese. I mean, you, your defense was horrible. Dak doesn't play defense. Anyways. I'm picking the watch or uh, the Philadelphia Eagles at nine and eight, just one game better. Ooh. Yeah, right. I, I like I said, I think they're going to beat each other up, and the NFC East plays. What's their AFC team that their AFC division they're playing against? Do you remember anybody? I do not know. I didn't look that no deeply idea. at the schedule to even figure no. that out. But for good radio, we can look at it while we're talking. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm, I think with this much parity, with I have Washington, you have Dallas Muff, Aaron has the Eagles, it just speaks to how bad this division is as a whole, and that this is not going to be interesting at all. Like this is going to be a bunch of beat up oh, teams. I, I disagree with you. Ugh. I think this will be the most interesting d- division of the NFL because I'm sorry. Do you when you're driving in your car? Do you just randomly pass cars and you're like, oh, I'm not going to pay attention to that car crash over there? So you're saying it's a train wreck and that's why we're going to yeah. watch. You look at the car crash. You don't look at all the free cars driving by. You're like, oh, look at the car crash. That's what everyone's looking sure. at. Okay. I'll, so I when, take it back. You're right. <laughs> these fair. teams are going to just implode all over the place. Like all of the teams that we picked have giant question marks at quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hilarious that Daniel Jones may be the most solid as far as like he's not hurt, he's not coming off of an injury, and he's shown himself to be decent. Mm-hmm. Ball trips over his own feet. Oh boy. Okay, wait a second. I'm looking at their schedule. He was running real fast. So Cowboys play the Buccaneers. That's a loss, right? Chargers, that's yeah. up. That's a coin flip. 50, 50, I'll, I'll, yeah. Okay, Eagles. That's a divisional rival. Coin flip. Panthers win. Okay, so they're one and potentially three. Yep. Week five is Giants. Coin flip. I that's a win in my mind. Okay, all right. Patriots, uh, probably a win. Are Not you? if Mac okay. Jones is in. Who? Mac Jones. Vikings. I don't know. Should I should be a win in my mind? Yeah. Broncos. Win. <laughs> they gotta find a quarterback off the street. How much talk about? Didn't the Broncos win the preseason game? Aren't they the best preseason team in the world? Like the Lions when they went defeated? Yeah. Falcons. Win. Okay. Coin flip. Chiefs. That's a coin flip. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Loss. Chiefs. Loss. Loss. Raiders. <laughs> Depends on which Raiders team shows up. Saints. Who's a quarterback? 
Washington, Giants, Washington, Cardinals, Eagles. And they got potential. They're all 50-50 games, man. A lot of them. Boy. The problem is, I mean, we haven't won a 50-50 game for a while. Like, there's no. those games that we should, like, last season, I spent it on the golf course listening to a lot of the games. And those games that, like, came down to, like, oh, a play here and a play there. Like, the Steeler game last year. Like, by the end of it, it was like, we should have never even been in that game. Uh, Cleveland. Same thing towards we're in the middle of the game. There's no reason why we don't win. And it just went away from us. Well, Jerry's going to do everything he can to win. He's going to, if he has to play quarterback, he said it on hard knocks. He'll do anything he, he did. can to win. He'll so. do anything. That's once again, that's your owner on your press conference saying out loud, I'll do anything to win. And then he broke down in tears. Mo. And okay. I think that's where we end this segment. He cares. Jerry cares. Wilk, thank you for being on the show. And that is a thumbs the, up. That is the NFC East. And now it's time for the Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Bram. Shaking some things up, Muff. We're going to start with baseball first. Huh. Right? It's not about sticky balls. Not about the sticky balls, but about the field of dreams. And we said it in the intro. Not promoted very much at all. I didn't even know this thing was happening. But what a fantastic event. And they're going to do another one next year. Um, Hopefully we'll know more about it then. I hope it was the most watched game of the regular season in 16 years. And they didn't do much to promote it. Think about that. Think about what it could have done. Yeah. Um, Starts out with Kevin Costner and... The players walking out of a cornfield, like the movie. I love Kevin, the movie. Kevin Costner gives a hell of a speech. Yeah. Um, it was on the site of the movie, I guess. Is that correct? Uh, I I don't know enough about two. that. It was in the vicinity. I don't know if it was in yeah. the exact the exact location, but. And then, <clears throat> as if MLB had scripted it, the White Sox beat the Yankees nine to eight with a two-run homer in the cornfield by tim anderson who had never seen the movie hey you don't have to you don't have to see the movie to be the hero i mean i think like if you're a baseball player in major league like isn't that like a prerequisite like you have to watch this movie i mean you can watch the natural you can watch the natural okay there's a lot of other baseball movies i mean there's, there's options either way i think it's a cool event it's i think much like uh nhl does the outdoor hockey this cornfield thing is also yeah. a cool thing. I think other sports should do it. I don't know what the NFL would do. Like playing a cornfield, duh. Like Blue Mountain State, Thad Castle. Let's go. You know, I did see a lot of memes about that. So <laughs> I think that's awesome too. I'm glad. Um, Ke- I'm glad Kevin got off his ranch in Montana to come down for this game. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, he was a cool, cool speech. He, yeah. He was, that- from what I heard, he he spent a little too much time in the booth. I think they like let him in the booth for the first three innings. Uh-huh. And I think that played out. I think oh, yeah. it was like, he needed like one, maybe two innings tops. And they tried to, they tried to milk the Kevin Costner situation well, a little too much in this one. It sounded fair like. I, he has that presence about him. Yeah. So next up, Muff, uh, the Bobby Bonilla deal in the modern era. We've got one. It's not, it's not totally Bobby Bonilla, but Chris Davis of the Orioles, it's a similar type of situation. Uh, 
He's going to get $42 million in deferred payments from 2023 to 2037. So you got 15 years there. He'll be 51 when he stops playing or when he stops being paid. Um, I was Bobby when is going to be in his like 60 by the time. So, I mean, it's the closest we've seen thus far to that Bobby Bonilla type deal. Um, Chris Davis, way to go. That's all I got to yeah, say. Get paid, get paid. <laughs> yeah. I forget um, that the, I mean, the amount per year is different. Bobby Bonilla gets that one mil and this is, I think slightly different, but I forget yeah. what it is. And last mm. in baseball, Arizona Diamondbacks rookie, Tyler Gilbert. Um, through the eighth no-hitter of the season, snapping a major league season record for no-hitters. Huh. It's almost like it's not about the sticky balls. balls. Uh, playing in just his fourth major league game, mm-hmm. he's the fourth player to do so in his first start since Bobo Holoman in 1953, and the first player to do so at chase field there were a lot of firsts by this no hitter yeah he broke a lot of records that day tyler gilbert who unfortunately the odds go he will probably Is he from the pirates please end that with oh no i wish pirates. no i'm just saying unfortunately these obscure no hitters happen a lot where it's not necessarily somebody that goes on to have a successful career yeah so he's a rookie he's got a lot of time to put in still but here's the hoping that tyler gilbert make something happen with his career and uses this as a platform and a springboard as opposed to the highlight it'll be a day he never forgets that's all that matters yeah and that's good enough and next on this week's fast five fast five fast five nfl preseason preseason everything that we care about minus the preseason things that i care about that i can laugh at (laughs) and things that muffle fight me on that's basically why i put this in here uh first and foremost <laughs> because i don't care about the preseason people <laughs> yeah but it's my time to say hey muff haha so first the players that are showing out Dwayne haskins oh we can say his name right got it you're right 16 for 22 with yeah. 161 yards and a touchdown muff he he, he was i i listen i will be the first to say that he played much better to me than he did the first game. Um, what you didn't include in here is that Mason. Randolph- oh, no, 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 no. Just because you haven't read the notes. No, he's in here. He's just lowered down on the card. Oh, he's so next up. So he didn't show out being eight of nine, being he eight of nine. No, he did not show it's out. not showing out. His drive stalled. There was no touchdowns. Okay. Dwayne Haskins pushed the ball down the field a little bit more this time. Okay. But, and this is, this is to me, and I'll be honest with you, this is to me what type of offense are the Steelers going to play this year? Is this going to be the dink and dunk that Ben Roethlisberger did last year? If so, the Steelers aren't going to go anywhere anyway. So would you say that Dwayne's the future? No, Dwayne's not oh, oh. The, the present or the future. Uh, we'll see. All right, so Zach Wilson of the Jets was 6 of 9 for 63 yards against the Giants for two series. This is hilarious to me. Young Puck. 6 of 9 for 63 gets into the top, but Mason Rudolph is in the bottom. Zach with Wilson a better stat out. line. With a better stat line. Zach Wilson showed out for the, Gi- okay. or for the Jets. All right. 
Trevor Lawrence yeah. uh, got sacked on his first snap, but yeah. was six of nine for 71 yards in two series. Yeah. Installed a drive, just like Mason Rudolph, but is in somehow in the player showing out area. They had two, they, they're rookies. They had good times. Okay. Trey Lance, 29 snaps, five for 14. Who put the three drops in there? Oh, no. Yeah, I did. Three of those drops were not his fault, so that doesn't count. It really should have they been. Don't, they don't count. They don't count. He should Drops have been eight fourteen. <laughs> so Mason Rudolph should be like nine for nine because no, get out of here. Get out of here. For one hundred and twenty-eight yards and an eighty-yard touchdown, longest TD pass compared to Jimmy G, who's never had an, an eighty-yard touchdown pass in his career. I'm glad this is all the preseason because nobody cares. <laughs> Trey Lance was also sacked four times. Yeah. So. If Trey Lance is the future in 49ers, let's keep him upright. Yeah, that's what happens when you play in the second half of games. Just saying. <laughs> okay. Justin Fields, 14 for 20, 142 yards, one touchdown, 33 yards rushing, and a rushing touchdown. Hmm. It's a good stat line. I Again, hmm. we're in the preseason. Sounds like the future in Chicago is bright. It, it sounds like Justin Fields played against the scratch team because he had 20 attempts. Okay. Who started Matt, that game? Did he start the game at quarterback? No, he did not. Oh, so yeah, he's playing against their B and C squads. Got it. Listen, listen. Best on best, Jim. That's when you get things figured out. Mac Jones was 13 of 19 for 87 yards, and mm. he got advice from Cam about this. What? So he's he's getting <laughs> talked to by Cam. Yeah. He's he's really just going in there and saying, "Okay, Cam, what do you what would you say?" Oh, do the opposite. Got it. <laughs> okay. He's getting advice. His his advice is, "Don't do what I do." Exactly. Players uh, hoping for a little bit more. Tim Tebow, sixteen snaps, virtually no impact. And Muff, did you see his botched block? No, I didn't. I was Hugh and I were watching this a little bit afterwards. We were getting something to eat after the tournament yesterday. I saw it live and it was a swing and a miss. Now, every time he came out on the field, the Jacksonville fans lost their minds. But he had no contribution to that game. Mm-hmm. He looked tiny. He got 16 snaps. I feel like that's a win for him in the end. I think they need to cut him. He's not going to get cut. I think they need to cut Crazy. Crazy. Anyway, Cam Newton, four for seven for 49 yards and a face-to-face meeting with Chase Young because Chase Young dropped him. Was it face-to-face or did he get a blind side? Uh, Chase Young is on his blind side. Okay. And then we got Mason Rudolph, who we've already talked about. Hey, what, what eight for nine for seventy-seven yards? He'll be uh, he'll be third string. Also, some NFL news in the preseason. NFL officials will be strictly enforcing the taunting rules. Just so we're clear, that doesn't mean we've created new rules. There was a little bit of hype and confusion. Yeah, the rules still exist. There's two taunting penalties complete uh, committed by an individual by an individual player will result in automatic disqualification. The player will be fine and suspended. All they're saying is they're going to strictly enforce it. Why? Nobody really knows why this is a point of emphasis. Because the new head of the officiating is Walt Anderson. Okay, what's that mean? 
if there's a new head of officiating and they're going to strictly enforce this rule, which has been in place, and it's not coming from the competition committee, which is usually where these come from, um, which is has a blend of, I think, coaches, referees, past, current, and everything, that's usually where you see these points of emphasis. Oh, no, no. You've got Walt Anderson, former official who, as I recall, not well-liked by many players, and he's coming in and saying, oh, by the way, we're going to strictly enforce these taunting penalties. And I think the point of emphasis that I have seen is is player-to-player taunting. You can still do things, but if you are going to taunt a an opponent, and this is where it's going to get so weird because what's to say taunting an opponent is not taking the ball and signaling first down right beside them when you're a receiver and you just own them on a route? Is that taunting the player or is that just signaling first down? I'm just interested to see how this is going to go. I don't like it. Anyway, a huge fight broke out during the L.A. Rams and Chargers game with uh, the fans. (laughs) It took a minute and a half for security to get there. If you've seen our Twitter page or our Instagram page, you'll see the results. You can go to the videos of this fight. It was ridiculous. A Chargers fan, yes, I'm a Chargers fan myself, a Chargers fan decided he was going to take on several Rams fans and got blasted. What are they fighting over? It's the preseason, apparently. Territory in LA? Listen, you would think that this is Oakland the way that Oakland has that reputation. But guess what? They're not in Oakland anymore. So apparently there's got to be a, a California team that takes up the mantle. Good Maybe grief. it's going to be the Chargers, Jim. Well, that's the NFL preseason. We'll see. I had some bright spots. I got to poke them up a little bit. But... And next on this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Bram. WNBA. Oh, so we, we talked about, about W anymore. Well, we talked about the Commissioner's Cup and how it was happening. Uh, The Seattle Storm beat the Connecticut Sun in the first-ever Commissioner's Cup, Mm 79-57. Brianna Stewart was the Cup MVP. She just won the Olympic gold and the EuroLeague title. She wins $3,000 for being the MVP. Storm players got $30,000 apiece for being champions. And the Sun got ten dollars so this is really what I'm going to take away from this is that who all was playing in this game? Oh, it sounds like there are a lot of players that would have been at the Olympics, Jim. Oh, yeah. The, the, these ladies came back from the Olympics, and I think they also played another the Euro League situation. Oh, so it's like the NBA players who were talking about, oh, the season's over. We don't know if we could do this. Yeah. This sounds like a big bunch of whiny babies right now. And came back and played a mid-season championship game. Right. And got paid pennies, in my opinion. Yeah, I I have no idea what kind of cash award you get for being the MVP. 30K, 3,000 for being an MVP. No, I'm saying I don't know what it is in the NBA. I'm saying that's still got to be nowhere near. Oh, it's no, I've, yeah. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't, I don't, and what I don't know in the NBA if it's tied to contracts or if they get money for being the MVP. I don't know if the NBA you get money for it. Well, probably not. They're probably like, we can't afford you. Right. <laughs> anyway, kudos uh, to them. Kudos to Brianna Stewart, who is 
got to be the goat in my mind. Greatest of all time, ever. Greatest this year. We'll say greatest. Wait, wait. <laughs> you throw goat. You throw goat out like it's candy sometimes, and I have no idea what, what's going through your head when you say goat. I feel I'm like a, this year, like Rachel. Go- Rachel, if you're listening, Rachel, let Jim know who the goat is in the WNBA. You know what? I'm gonna ask her. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Anyway. That's the WNBA. Next on this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Ball of the college variety. So we had the conversation in what's going on last week about the the SEC and their moves. Well, Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC decided to huddle up in the corner and start, uh, what are we going to do about the big monster that's coming? And they've discussed an alliance around scheduling commissioners have been taking uh, meetings with each other and talking about scheduling non-conference games and leaving the SEC out. Have they talked to the Big 12 commissioner? A little bit, but he's on the outside looking in. The theory is they're not going to do any scheduling with the SEC, and they're kind of going to rope in the Big 12 if they don't absorb them. Right. Can you imagine Kevin talking to the other two commissioners well first off if there's anybody it's got to be the pac-12 commissioner that should be leading this because absolutely if we've seen anything from the past year it's that that person i don't even know the man's name but he just seems to have navigated some testy waters pretty well yeah i really think it's the pac the big 10 and the acc are like hey pac-12 guy the giant is going to kill us if you don't get us together. Can you help, please? Right. Big Ten's like, we'll give you all of our brands and our money and we'll make this work. The ACC's like, yeah, please let us in. Please let us in. And the Pac-12's like, let's get some nerds from Stanford and let's make this work. <laughs> and the Big 12's sitting there going, I'm telling you, it's bad, guys. It's bad. The monster's <laughs> awful. So... In other college uh, football news, BYU has brokered opportunities for every walk-on member of the football team to sign endorsement deals that would cover tuition for at least one year. Way to go, BYU. I could get into the details of this, but they are extensive and odd. Essentially, there is a um, protein nutrition company that has brokered the deals for all of the football athletes but walk-on specifically can get a full year tuition if they sign this deal and in return, cause you can't have, can't be played for just playing football. The walk-ons have to wear the logo on their helmet during a practice and show up to an event. And in return, they get a full year tuition. Yeah. Heck of a deal. BYU has nothing. All they did was help broker it. So they didn't do it either. Right. And they just, yeah, they just said, here's, here's a population of people that you can work with. Mm -hmm. This is, sounds like a good deal. What are you going to give them? Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Hey, hey, walk-ons go talk to them, make this happen. And what I took away from this is because they reached out to the NCAA to say, Hey, this is gray area. Are we break any rules? The NCAA was like, we don't know. Yeah, talk, so, talk to your conference. Exactly. So what I BYU doesn't have a conference though, Muff. That's what I'm saying. Like this is the problem. Oh, I see you. So what I what I'm understanding is this deal is the trial run of the Wild West 
and what will happen. Because I think if this flies, Katie bar the doors because other schools are going to go bananas. I'm just waiting to see what Notre Dame's going to do. If BYU can get this done, what can Notre Dame get done exactly. without without having any controls put on them? My issue, though, and I think we'll end up talking about this and what's going on down the road, Title IX. How can an institution broker a deal? Wink, wink. But we'll talk about that in a later segment down the road. Last in college football, University of Alaska Anchorage will no longer be cutting gymnastics and skiing after private donors raised $3.7 million for the program. Apparently, they were going to cut uh, gymnastics, skiing, and hockey. Hockey is almost saved, raising two point six million of the $3 million goal. Could this become a thing in the smaller schools, D2, D3, or other D1 schools that are floundering in some athletic programs? I mean, we're seeing sort of the past two years, we've been seeing this a whole lot more of just the tough times that have come upon just higher education, enrollment, and all of that. Um, so it's, it's, it's all about, can you put together those private donors to make this happen whenever the school cannot cover the budget? So we're going to see more and more of this over the next five to 10 years. Um, but there are going to be those stories that don't come out on the right side and that will be the sad ones yeah i think this will definitely become a a survival of the fittest and whose alumni from what school can help them survive and last on this week's fast five fast five fast five Golf. golf 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 so we're gonna get into a little bit about the united states amateur which golf guru or baseball guru Hugh and I were at uh, we'll do that second first I want to call attention to J.R. Smith enrolling in North Carolina A&T to pursue a degree and his current waiting game with the NCAA to sort out his eligibility yeah this was the midweek moment with Muff mm-hmm. I addressed some very basic things um, and I am all for this happening and it has nothing to do well for that it has a lot to do but i want to see jr smith on the golf course i think it'll be cool i think it'll be cool for north carolina a and i think it'll be cool for college golf but i think this presents so many opportunities for the school itself and what this could do in the future for smaller schools hbcus whatever it may be to lean into whether they are maybe it's a, a former professional athlete's favorite school or a school that they went to a year and came out in the draft because um, name image likeness could potentially at this point broker deals for these schools to get large sums of money not from those places but professional athlete who's a col- going to be a collegiate athlete could really just donate this money back to the school now i don't know what ncaa says about that but even if this somebody accrues, say J.R. Smith accrues three or four million dollars during however long he's allowed to play golf, and when he graduates and or uses eligibility, what does say he just doesn't donate three or four million dollars back and say, hey, thanks for the opportunity, appreciate you. Here's four million dollars to your program. Absolutely, I think this is again one of those wild west moments that mm-hmm. we've opened the door for, and I think this is this is amazing. We'll see yeah. how it goes. And I just want to see J.R. Smith on the golf course because I think that's just going to be amazing. He's a, he's an avid golfer. I do know that. So that's not like he's. What if he's, he's the trendsetter here? 
Like J.R. Smith contributes this, opens the door to history here. Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So we're going to get this very quickly. A couple highlights. Uh, Hugh and I were at the United States Amateur Championships over the weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Um, we got a chance, aside from watching all of the golf, um, watching some very talented amateurs, uh, we watched um, we watched uh, Austin from North Carolina. We watched Vic from Texas. We watched Pinot, who is at Michigan State. Um, and that's who kind of we, we got to see. Um, today, Sunday, was the 36-hole championship between Pinot and um, Austin from North Carolina. Um, and let me just say that the highlight of everything for Hugh and I, the golf was great. It's cool to see you know, amateurs that are it really classified in the same way as me and Hugh and really any other at golfer at this point, because they're amateurs. We're amateurs too. They're just a whole lot better than us is we got to see and access Oakmont country club, which was where this was played outside of Pittsburgh in a way that you never get to be at any sort of tournament. We were able to walk up right next to tees. I mean, they have some ropes, but not a whole bunch you're able to walk up right next to greens, which would not be the case in any other tournament setting. And you're able to walk on the fairway with the players who are only being separated from the crowd by two people holding a rope that was probably 10 feet wide. And they were just making sure that you weren't right up next to them. So the access you had to the course, the players, and just being able to hear and see things that you wouldn't see otherwise was out of this world and probably the best part of the experience of being at Oakmont, which I've been to for two United States Opens in the past, but for a professional event, you have so many ropes, you can't walk anywhere. You pretty much just get to walk where they tell you and hope that you can see things and are in a spot where you can actually see a shot. We were able to see everything. Um, in fact, as we were walking down on Saturday, there was a group of younger, younger kids that were behind us, when I say younger, early college age, and one of them got hit by a ball because we, we were probably in a spot we shouldn't have been because, again, there's not enough volunteers out there to do that. Um, and this started a, a cool kind of run is <clears throat> Jim Bones Mackay, who is uh, formerly Phil Mickelson's caddy, um, was actually right near when all of this happened because he's an on-the-course guy who's, you know, checking in, saying, oh, this is their lie, this is the, what the putt looks like, blah, 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 um, was right kind of right there and it was like hey everybody okay cool and these guys are like yeah it's okay it was austin he we, we went to high school with him and he's like oh cool and he's like any juicy stories like this is the guy on the course for the golf channel just right. like just just kicking it and it's like oh any juicy stories like oh yeah he's he's a crazy guy and he's like oh really why is that and they're <laughs> they said oh well when high school if he played if he shot like a 65 which is really good he'd be really pissed and i'm like okay they're just i don't know what this means that he's a crazy man aside from he's super competitive and bones looks at them he's like oh i guess that's why he's playing today and you're not and just walked away like mic drop moment <laughs> it was just like okay kids this is why he's good and you're not because he cares right um and that started hugh and i towards like looking more into like what's going on with the the, the actual telecast and what's going on so we start to note, notice this just, he looked, he, he looked like a strength coach from a, a college football team. 
like think of that type of man mm-hmm. running around the course ahead of the groups and running to where the balls are shooting to get the distances and then running keep running ahead this man is literally sprinting and i was like i've never seen this ever in any golf tournament i've ever been in so hugh and i on sunday finally are able in a spot where we actually are next to bones walking down a fairway so he's got his golf channel stuff on he's walking down he's 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 in a, he's got like a backpack for his mic um you know he's got the earpiece in and we're just like bones we got a question for you he's like yeah what's up Again, this is a person that's doing the like part of the live telecast. He's like, oh, yeah, what's up? We're like, who is this man that is running ahead of you? Like, he's, a, he's an absolute monster of a human being. What, like, what does he do? He's your spotter. We get it. But what's his name? He's like, oh, that's true. That man's crazy. Like, he, he like admitted, like, yeah, he's, he's nuts. And then he, he had to go do his thing, and he was walking away. So Hugh and I made a point on like hole 13 or 14 of the last 18 that we finally caught up to this man in a place where we could talk to him and we got him and we're like, Hey Drew, Hey Drew, and, and, you know, thinking like, he's probably like, how do people know my name? Like I'm not a, like right. a famous person in this whole situation situation. He's like, Drew, Drew, Hey, we were talking to bones earlier and he gave us your name. And we just wanted to tell you that you're the real MVP of the weekend because we've been here the past two days and all you do is run around and like, you just, you're on top of it and he's like yeah man just trying to work off the calories and then he sprints away <laughs> like, <laughs> like all right buddy i feel like I feel like you're wild yeah you're just just wild just like you're just going at it um and the funniest part of this because i don't really care about the golf it's just about the experience for me on right. this one earlier it's like three or four holes before we we ran into drew and got to have a, a short conversation with him which was caught on live tv by the way not the conversation but the fact that we were interacting with him I've got, I got a screen grab from it. Oh, put that um, up. Yeah. So it was on hole 10. It was on hole nine. I'm sorry. Yeah. Nine, 10. Anyway, we were on hole and we are, this is the time when we're trying to get to Drew. We're trying to get access to Drew and we're mm-hmm. like, oh, we're in a good spot. We may be able to talk to him on this one. And he go, he runs away. That's like, we're like Who's 10, gone? 15 yards from him. And he's just like, it's a flash. And it's like, okay, he's gone. We're not going to catch him. This older gentleman, probably in his 60s, probably starts walking up and we're like, and he just comes up to us and he's got his golf channel stuff on and he looks at us. He's like, hey, can you guys help me with something? We're like, sure. I don't know how we're going to help you, Mr. Golf Channel guy. He's like, I'm looking for a sprinkler head over here. He's like, it, the, the map I have says there's two over here. And for those of you who don't know golf, like these types of courses, the sprinkler heads have yardages on them and they show you how far you're away from the center of the green. So he's doing some scouting because the group's about to come off the tee and they're just about to hit their balls. And he's like, oh, there's two over here. So we're helping this man. And we're like, oh yeah, yeah, we're, you know, we're just over here. We're we're hoping to get a hold of Drew. This man looks at us. He's like, "Ah, Drew, he's like, he and I have the same job. He's like, I don't know why he runs around all over the place. He doesn't have to. He's like, I've been doing this for 40 years. You don't have to run around and get this job done. I was like, he's like, he's just nuts. He's like, I don't know what they'll say. That man makes this job more difficult than it needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> and during this time, you got to remember, we're talking to this guy and he's looking for these yardages because that's it's in the proximity of where the players are going to hit it. Right. Right. And the way they were playing the holes, they weren't going to play it truly down the fairway. They're going to play it way to the left to get an angle towards the green. As this man's talking to us, 
the guy from North Carolina, his dad, who Hugh and I walked around with his group both days, and we came to realize who his family was, yeah. like, you see who his brother is, you could figure out who his girlfriend was, his parents were, like, you just figured it out, because they were always there and mm-hmm. everything. His dad is 60 yards up the fairway and starts yelling back towards me and Hugh, saying, what are you guys doing? Get out of the way. They're about to hit. And we're like, we're talking to this dude from the Golf Channel. Quit yelling at us. <laughs> so we finally feel as we are in the way. So we start walking and like 30 yards behind us, the ball hits. So, <laughs> I mean, it was 30 yards behind us. We weren't really in the way, but this guy was going nuts um, at that time. So did you find the sprinkler? He did. He did. Like shortly after he asked us, we started like walking around. He's like, there should be two over here. And we found it or he found it. And then he's like, that everybody was trying to clear everybody off. He's like, I mean, you guys should probably leave, but you know, I've, I work for the golf channel. So nobody's going to tell me to go anywhere. <laughs> All right, man. That's awesome. That is awesome. So aside from walking eight, you know, like 20 miles over the weekend, uh, he and I had a good time, drank some transfusions, which is a new golf drink for me. So uh, yeah good deal we enjoyed it we ran down 18 the last hole when i say ran we kind of jogged because we thought we were going to get to watch the last hole and then terrible news didn't make it there but i'm glad that's a good time that's that's the golf that's the golf for this weekend you know jim i think you would enjoy this type of atmosphere to actually be able to be on the course not just like watching from a grandstand so i think i would that wraps up this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for What's Going On? 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 All right, Muff. So, I'm going to make it less serious this time around. Let's do it. As the preseason starting, so is people's need to get their fantasy football together. And I thought, you know what? We should give a brief uh, Muff and Jim style history lesson on fantasy football. And then maybe a little, you know, some tips and tricks from Jim and Muff. <laughs> Let us preface this with neither Jim or I won the fantasy football league last year. No, but here we go. <laughs> so fantasy football, interesting, interestingly enough, good grief. Started in 1962 by Wilfred Bill Winkenbach, an Oakland, California businessman and limited partner in with the Raiders. What are you laughing at, Muff? I'm laughing because when you when you said the name, not because I think you said it incorrectly, first thing I thought of was the Winkelvosses from the social network. The okay. people the people who Mark Zuckerberg apparently stole Facebook's idea from. So Mr. Winkenbach bill tunnel of the oakland tribune and scotty sterling a longtime sports executive developed the modern rules for fantasy football mm-hmm. their league consisted of eight members and became the greater oakland professional pigskin prognosticator league or g-o-p-p-p-l and was still active as of 2015. Hmm. now i know there are listeners out there going wait there was no internet in 1962. How could that be? So what they did was they developed these rules, this scoring, the same thing where everybody's used to, to today. And then they would call their sports announcers and sports analyst friends at newspapers to get the stats. 
And that's how they did the scoring. That idea caught on and spread to bars around Oakland. Mm -hmm. And eventually it spread to throughout the U.S. Different contests and variations of the rules have been done in different places. Um, It made it big in Case Western, um, where that eventually, same thing happened. It spread to other bars and things like that. Um, So leagues have been going on based off of that from the 60s, 70s, and 80s into what we know to this modern day. Um, In 1997, CBS launched the first online fantasy football competition, followed very quickly um, by other sites, with Yahoo making the first free one. The NFL, being behind on everything they ever do, launched theirs in 2010. So here we go, 1962, all the way till 2010 before the NFL gets into this. Okay? As of 2017, 59.3 59.3 million people in the United States and Canada have been were playing in 2017. And I'm sure five years after that, it, the numbers have gone even higher. Yeah, it's only exploded more since then. Oh, absolutely. So the effects of fantasy football. The effects? Yes. <laughs> it sounds like negatives. Uh, I mean, it has effects. So is it gambling? Unlike traditional sports betting, Fantasy football is generally viewed as a game of skill rather than a game of chance. Therefore, it is exempt from most gambling bans and regulations in many jurisdictions. Now, there are some out there. There are some states that you can't bet on it. But in most situations, it is exempt. Which is funny to me that there are states that probably allow for, like, legal, like, poker and stuff like that, which are, I would say, even more so games of skill than something like blackjack, which is a game of chance in the end. There's some skill to it, but there's only so many people in the world that can use, like, can count cards correctly. We can go down the gambling route at another time. That's, again, another topic for what's going on. But according to a 2019 study, 19% of Americans aged 18 or older participated in sports betting. And the same percentage participated in fantasy sports. Mm-hmm. So one could correlate that they're one and the same, but whatever. Um, as far as the effects it has on the spectatorship of football, a 2019 survey found that people who had played fantasy football were more than twice as likely to follow the NFL very closely or somewhat closely than those who had not. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say if you play fantasy football, you're probably going to watch the NFL. I mean, I didn't get into the NFL as hard as college football until fantasy football. So um, as far as its impact on pop culture, obviously we have shows like The League. Um, League. You have things, NFL players, not NFL players, other celebrities, things of that nature playing fantasy league. Um, and they're also doing charity. Josh, uh, Josh Weldon, the Avengers director and the cast of the avengers do a charity um fantasy football league so it's fantasy football is in the culture that we know today as far as the various rules scorings ways to play we could do that but that's a whole different show (laughs) let me just say there are tons join a league figure that out do research if you've listened this far and you're that interested in fantasy football, 
look it up, man, because there are tons of different ways you can play. Keeper leagues, pirate leagues, PPR leagues, all kinds of ways to do it. Just know that this has been around forever. Um, now comes to the fun part, Muff. Tips, strategies, uh, draft days, etc. What do you do, Muff? So uh, my planning um, will start probably from the next week or two in anticipation for our draft. Uh, and it includes a lot more time than I would ever expect that I would spend on something like this. But I usually go position by position and I will go in and do research. I'll look up, I'll usually find a handful of different articles and stats based art information, whatever it could be. Uh, and I'll put them together and I will usually like for, we'll just use for quarterbacks. I'll have like my top 15 for running backs. I'll usually have like my top 25 or 30 for wide receivers. I'll try to get to like my top 40 or 50 rank, like top 10 to 15 tight ends, blah, 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 down the line. I will do all of this and I will use that on draft day as my guide and i usually break down the players not just like one to 50 but i'll group them in like categories so this is like group 1a so if i can get a player from group 1a perfect if not then i go to group 1b 1c so on and so forth um so it's not necessarily like just match okay who's next on the list usually put them in groups and then pick the best from that group moving forward i'm not a trade person never been into trade so i don't even really trade throughout the year um trading draft picks and stuff like that is never something that i've ever been in a league that had happen a lot um but yeah that's that's kind of my preparation kind of starts now in the next week and then from there we move on i have never been a master of fantasy football league i am more of a grip it and rip it kind of guy i have won a league once and I swear that was sheer luck. Um, I, uh, as far as preparation goes, I may give it a look over the week of the draft, depending on how busy my life is. I know some of the names of the guys I want. Um, really, in my opinion, it comes down to where you fall in the draft order. If you get, you know, a couple key players, you're good. As far as throughout the season, my goal is usually to screw somebody over. So I'm watching the uh, waiver board and I'm trying to, I'm that guy who just wants to cause chaos. So that's typically, and it typically looks that way and it typically fails me nine times out of 10. So I'm just that guy that I'm Mr. Chaos. As far as the draft day itself, Muff, I don't know what you do, but I kind of just sit down and I keep an eye on it the entire time. I know there are people who do the auto draft. To me, that's don't talk about chaos. That to me is chaos. Can introduce some interesting elements to, to draft I can't night. do that. That's insane. Do you auto draft? Do you know anybody who auto drafts? Um, I know some people that auto draft, like that auto draft and actually switch their rankings up. Um, so they use that to auto draft as opposed to just going with whatever that service, whether it's Yahoo, ESPN, or whatever, they will actually go in and make some edits to their draft board and let it auto draft from there. Um, which that's if that's saying I trust the process I have mm -hmm. and 
however this pans out is how I should have done it anyway. And this is what I'm going to go with. Um, but after, I mean, yeah, it's, it's nuts. Now I, I've, I don't think I've ever intentionally auto drafted. I think I've been in leagues where I just wasn't able to participate and didn't go in and make any changes. And I just got what I got. Um, but yeah, big thing for me is usually paying attention to waiver wire, especially in those first, like yeah three to seven weeks yep. is paying attention to that. Because once you get to week six or seven, the only reason you're going hard to the waiver wire is either because you have a position week to week that you're okay swapping out or because of an injury. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as, you know, prizes, what's, what are some crazy prizes you've heard of Muff? Uh, it's actually not the prizes that are crazy. It's the last place thing. Yeah, I was going to get to that. I was going to get yeah, as far as first place prizes. Now nah, that's whatever people are usually looking for money or just bragging rights or, you know, dinner from somebody whatever it is like mm-hmm. that's i mean yeah you've got like the big leagues that you can like through like FanDuel that you can win thousands hundreds of thousands millions of dollars by doing different things so i mean those are like the daily fantasy leagues as opposed to a season-long league um but yeah i've never really heard of anything crazy as far as prizes that aren't monetarily induced so that leads us to the last place what are some crazy last place Last place things that you always hear about is like tattoos. Yeah. Like you have to get a tattoo. Um, the haircuts. other people, haircuts. Uh, you have to do something specific for like the year until the league starts up again. Oh. Um, you'll hear like pranks. Like you have to, if you lose, you have to do this prank. Yeah. Um, which is usually not something that is exciting and potentially could be illegal. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's always, those are the ones that I, I don't care about who wins. Like it's whatever you won, you get the bragging rights plus whatever else. It's always funny to see those things that come out afterwards about what the losers had to do. Yeah, absolutely. I will say that in ours, we're not, you know, sadists. We don't, we don't destroy the last place, but there are some things out there like the sandwich board things where they have to wear a sandwich board and say I'm the loser or things of that nature. I, I'm good. I know I don't want to see somebody humiliate themselves because somebody didn't do well on a Sunday. I'm just I'm good. I mean, to be honest with ours, the last place last year got like they got liquor. Yeah. <laughs> last place got liquor. Yeah. So in first place, but last place got liquor. So that's fantasy football. I hope I wish everybody luck who plays. I think everybody should play. I think it brings everybody together. That you know brings friends groups. Bring, I mean, I know Wilk, who was on this episode. His whole house, his three children, his wife, and him have their own league, and you know it brings people together. It makes football worth watching. Sometimes there are some weeks where football's not worth a damn. Indeed. So, I like fantasy football. Everybody should participate, and uh, good luck this year. And that's what's going on. Oh, wise, powerful Muffnack, the magnificent back from your journeys to the realms of time. We seek the knowledge you possess. In this ever-changing world in which we live in, with basketball players going back to school for golf, Major League Baseball and cornfields, and LA fans being, well, LA fans, we seek the answers of what's to come. I bring forth these questions for you, Sir Muffnack. I've taken a week off to clear my head. And I come back. A more wise and more powerful man. 
Let's do this. A wise Muffnack, of these quarterbacks, who will have the best 2021-22 season? Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, or Zach Wilson? The crystal ball has a very interesting inquiry to ponder right away. And there are many ways to judge success in the NFL. Will it be by record? Will it be by stats? Will it be by who doesn't get hurt? For this, we're going to go by who is on a team that will have the best record at the end of this year. And unfortunately for the world, Mac Jones will be on a team that has the best record at the end of this year with the Patriots of New England and Bill Belichick in his mastermind. All right, Muff, that guy. Okay. This is probably the first time I'm, I want to argue with you, Muffnack, but you're you're the seer of things, so I can't dispute your knowledge. Can't argue with the crystal ball, buddy. <laughs> Who will be back? Who will be the backup for Big Ben, the D-Train, or Rudolph? As in, who will be the second string human being? Yes. At what point in the season? Uh who will be the most consecutive games or the most damn I hate the fact that Muffnack is picky uh, who will have the most games at second string D-Train or Rudolph this is an interesting crystal ball situation to, to outline here because Muffnack believes that Big Ben will never not see the field this year as far as the starting quarterback and whoever gets in second is going to be inconsequential, but we will look at who has the most snaps between Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph. And this year, Muffnack says Mason Rudolph will have the most snaps in regular season games. Lots of arguing I want to do, but you're the powerful one. So Muffnack, will there be another no hitter this season? in Major League Baseball. And it, could there be more than one this season? Major League Baseball has done everything they can to make the sticky balls go away. And we are about to see what happens of this in postseason play. Muffnack says there will be one more no-hitter in Major League Baseball this season, and it will happen in the playoffs. Ooh, that's bold. I like that. All right, Muffnack, will Gable Stevenson, Olympic wrestler, what will he do first, fight in the UFC or be a professional wrestler? Gable Stevenson could excel in either one of these. He's already been in communication with many people, including the UFC, of which he has been in the ring a couple times with people as reported on the Pat McAfee show this past week. So Muffnack not only looks at the crystal ball for answers, but also stays with the times. <laughs> Gable Stevenson first will make his way into a mixed martial arts bout prior to becoming a professional wrestler. Although he will appear as part of the promotion for that UFC fight in uh, some event for I don't, WWE. Whatever that is, will be seen. But the first thing he will do is be a mixed martial arts fighter. Last question. 
Muffnack. Will Britney ever be free? Britney is sort of free now. The conservatorship is gone from her father, but there's a lot more to come into play here. All Muffnack has to say is hashtag free Britney. And within the year, the next hashtag will be Britney's back, bitch. Thank you, wise Muffnack. Uh, Muffnack, huh? Muffnack got in there for you. Oh, buddy. I love Muffnack. The fans might not. If you have questions for Muffnack, or if you don't want Muffnack anymore, if you don't want Muffnack more, screw off. But I love Muffnack. Muff, it's been a great show. Thank you, Wilk, for coming on. Um, Give us your feedback, fans. Hit us up in the social media. Football's coming. Get pumped. Get excited because in the coming weeks, we will start to talk about college football, specifically the Big Ten and our breakdowns, which is coming sooner than everyone thinks. College football, we've got the countdown. That we, it's like that 20 we have, days left. We have in the Insta here and there. So it's going to be exciting when we get into professional and college football, games that mean something, not these meaningless preseason games, which Jim is inflating, especially the stats. Um, I think Muffnack called you out on that a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. So... We will see. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at Sports Jim Muff. Continue to engage with us. Let us know of any topics, things, arguments, whatever. If you could be on the next show, if we find you worthy of being a guru of something, because we are the gurus of nothing. And as always, take some time to tell a friend, make a friend. Be a friend.